Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Welcome, goalies, coaches, parents, and friends to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Podcast dedicated to the best position on earth. That's right, the lacrosse goalie. And this week, we have another great guest, and that's Dan Morris. He's a national champ with the University of Maryland. He played for Team Philippines in the World Games and most recently declared that he'll be playing in the new Premier Lacrosse League. So this episode was actually recorded a few weeks back before the announcement of the PLL, so we don't touch on that, but we do hit on all the great things that make Dan one of the best goalies in the world. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dan Morris. Before we get started, I want to read a word from our sponsor, the online Lax Goalie Rat Camp. Let me actually read an email I just got today. It says, Hey, Coach Damon, I got my son Sean your online camp as a gift, and it's made such a difference in his play. And it gave me such an appreciation for the position and info on how to help him warm up and handle the games. So thank you so much. That was from Rich. And if you have a son or daughter that's a goalie and you want to improve their game, I recommend you check out the online Lax Goalie Rat Camp. It's available at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast is Dan Morris of the University of Maryland and now with the New York Lizards in the MLL. Dan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. So I always like to start right at the very beginning uh, you know, what made you become a lacrosse goalie? Um, back, well, when I was in, I'm from Texas. So, um, the youngest you could start playing was, um, in fifth grade. And, uh, my uncle lived in Fort Worth at the time. He would take me to some high school games to try and get me into, into lacrosse. And, uh, you know, I saw the goalie stick and I thought that was the coolest looking one. So, uh, I popped in, which ended up working out cause I'm not exactly the most athletic guy. Nice. So what, what, what age was that? Um, I was the first goal. The first camp I ever did was, uh, summer after my, I was in fourth grade. So I was like, I'd like just turned 11. Okay. Pretty young. Yeah. Pretty young. And was it something that really came natural to you to, to, in terms of, you know, not being afraid of the ball and being able to attack the shot and kind of learning the different, um, save movements and, and all of that? Or was it something that maybe you struggled with and then there was like an aha moment down the road? Um, it was a little bit, of, a little bit of both. Um, you know, in other sports I played, I played the position that had stuff thrown at them. Um, in soccer, I played goal. And <laughs> when I played baseball, I played catcher. Um, but I still was, you know, the, the, it's a different sport, different kind of ball. It's harder and it hurts more. Um, so I was definitely a little afraid of it at first. But that, that first goal camp I did, um, when I was a kid, the uh, the goal at the high school where the camp was, he took me, and the first thing he did was he didn't teach me anything. He just took a bucket of tennis balls uh-huh. and just launched them at me constantly and, like, was begging me with them to show me that I shouldn't be afraid of the ball and that it hurts less if you want to stop the ball. It's true. It's so, it's so mental. And, and once you kind of make that switch, it, it certainly hurts less. 
Um, how do you describe your style of play? You know, every goalie's got kind of a different, some different elements that make them unique. Like, how would you describe the way that you play? Um, the way I play, I'd probably say is just uh, trying to take up angle, take up space, um, and just kind of relying on my positioning and my quick hands. Um, I'm kind of a bigger guy, so I play pretty flat in the goal, and I just try and take up, take up cage, and I make a lot of saves just by getting hit because uh, forcing guys into bad angles and just trying to take up as much space as I can. Mm-hmm. And did that change from you know starting out in fourth grade through high school through college through now playing in the ML? Have you had like a sort of a gradual switch throughout those years, or has it remained pretty consistent? Um, it was pretty consistent. Um, I think I probably made more saves with my stick when I was younger because um, the shots weren't as fast. But uh, no, I pretty much played the same way uh, throughout. It's just kind of I've had you know little switches here and there um, based on you know like how high I am in my stance or or where I'm playing the goal. Um, I played a little bit higher when I was in high school. I play a little bit flatter now. Um, but it's kind of just been little adjustments like that throughout the years. Awesome. Who are some of the guys that you learned from? Some of the goalies that uh, you know, mentored you and I guess what specifically did you learn from them? Um, my biggest mentor growing up was, uh, my high school coach, Chris Saran. He played at, uh, at Syracuse in the nineties, uh, won a national championship, was a multi-time All-American. Um, I pretty much attribute almost everything I've ever learned about goalie to him. Um, he really took me under his wing. Um, the first time he worked with me was, uh, when I was in fifth grade, um, and he kind of worked with me ever since. And we still, we're still friendly. We still text and stuff. And he, he's kind of been by my side throughout the whole thing. Um, but I learned a ton from him. And then, um, you know, as, as I was getting older, um, uh, guys like John Galloway um, would come down to Dallas um, to help coach camps. And uh, Brian Phipps came down one year um, to help out. And then I obviously got to know uh, Phipps and the other, you know, Maryland legends like, you know, Doc and them um, as I got here. And, um, you know, I just kind of took bits and pieces as I went, but uh, it all kind of started with uh, with Coach Saran. Awesome. I've had, we've had Brian Phipps on the show. We've had Doc, I, Doc was just the last show I released. So we're, we're continuing the string of Maryland, uh, Maryland alum right here. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, cool. And um, I guess what, what is your favorite thing about being a goalie? If you could summarize it in a couple sentences. Oh, it's a big one. Well, there's so many things about goal. It's just awesome. Um, my favorite thing though, I don't know, just kind of like, uh, kind of getting to kind of be the man on defense. Like, you know, your defensemen don't get a whole lot of credit, even though they do a lot of the work, but, um, you know, the end result is it's either a save or a goal. Um, so kind of getting that spotlight is, is pretty, pretty awesome. But then, you know, just working with you guys on defense, kind of being the voice, um, leading them um, is probably one of my favorite things. And, you know, your defense would end up being some of your best friends. So um, that part's awesome as well. Yeah, for me, I, I um, there's like you, I love a lot of things about being a goalie. But number one is just making a save. It's that feeling of like, it's like everything I've worked for, you know, and someone just rips one at you and you're right on it. Uh, and you make that sweet save. And that's, I mean, to me, that's a sweet feeling, but also the leadership element, having all eyes on you. A lot of good things about being goalie. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, If you could go back to your, you know, to your younger self, knowing what you know now, what goalie advice would you, uh, would you give that, that young Dan Morris? 
Uh, young Dan Morris, I would probably tell him to just relax a little bit, just, mm. you know, chill. Cause you know, I think for a lot of my younger years, I was treating lacrosse as a job and, uh, you know, looking back, it's obviously just, it's a game. It's, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I get paid a little bit for it now, but, you know, I think if I would just relax a little bit, had a little bit more fun with that, I would have, I would have enjoyed, uh, my time a little bit more, but you know, the things I was stressing about, like. I was even stressing about summer games when I was a kid, just mm. getting really intense into it. But yeah, I think just younger me, I would just tell her to relax and I probably tell younger me to hit the treadmill a little bit more, set myself <laughs> up a little bit better for the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Um, that's a good point about relaxing because I think a lot of goalies get pretty tense um, and perhaps has a lot to do with being the center, being the, the focus, uh, mm-hmm. like, having the spotlight on you as a goalie how exactly do you do you do that though it's um I mean it's tough to teach you know yeah I mean I think one of the biggest things for like relaxing in the goal is uh like when you get scored on you can't really dwell on it um you know stressing about that kind of stuff was just it'll just make you play worse so um I always like to think of just you know putting it aside kind of taking that those goals out of your mind and put them aside for now and then you can come back to it later but um, in the moment, you just got to relax and move on to the next shot. And just kind of overall, you kind of sometimes you just got to reset. You just got to take a big, deep breath and just let it out and just kind of relax your shoulders and just kind of hang out. Because if you if you get too tense, you're going to end up playing worse. It's going to stress you out more. It's just uh, just ends up being bad for you. Mm-hmm. It's a good point about like really looking at your physiology you know, like if you're too stressed, like relax those shoulders, but have like still have that strong, confident. Mm-hmm. body language that's going to uh you know affect your mental games that's a really good point on that one um so you've played in some pretty big games throughout your career and um you know national championship several times with with Maryland um you know what are some things that you do to remain calm like it leading up to like an especially really important game um, you know, I think a lot of being calm is just your preparation. Um, you know, when, when you get to the, the college level and you, you start watching a lot of film and start going over game plans, um, you know, a lot of the stress is relieved by knowing that you've done your work. Um, you know, you've watched your film, you know who you're going up against, you know what your team's going to do. And then that kind of trust with your teammates that they're going to do their jobs and all you have to do is, is do yours. Um, so that's one way you stay relaxed. And then, um, you know, I think just in those kind of big games, um, it's pretty stressful at first. But then once I kind of make that first save, then I kind of get locked in. And it's just I get into like a flow and uh, everything else is kind of just blocked out. And uh, those kind of big games with big crowds, it actually seems a little bit quieter um, when I get into that flow. and just kind of buckling down and, and staying focused. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty natural for goalies. I, I was always the same way, like up until that first save, I had a little bit of jitters going on. Um, and I think it's okay. You know, I, I, I think that like playing great and having a little bit of jitters, like you can have both at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like that first save is so crucial. Cause then it's just like, all right, that was one. Now I'm going to move on to the next one. And the next one, the next one just kind of snowballs. Yeah. What, um, what does your goalie training regiment look like? these days i don't know if it's changed since since you're back in 
uh, you know, playing at Maryland versus now, or, you know, what kind of drills, what kind of things are you doing to prepare the body and kind of prepare everything? Yeah, I'm kind of in a, uh, in a bowl. I mean, this is the first time I've had kind of an off season where I didn't have, you know, coaches telling me exactly what to do and when to do it. So kind of getting into a flow now, uh, trying to get on a lifting routine and, uh, you know, trying to take shots with the guys who are here, um, like young guys who, who are good players like Jerry Bernhardt. Um, you know, when I was playing here, when I was, you know, on the roster, we used to practice for, you know, off season. We go four to five days a week um, in the season, you know, six days a week. And uh, every practice, we would start with just a warm-up. And then uh, we'd have, you know, about 20, 25 minutes cut out of practice where we'd do position work. So um, Coach Tillman would take the goalies. And we had um, this guy, Sam Biasi, who who's a former player. Um, he would shoot on us and go through different drills. And um, we kind of took, you know, one aspect per day. Uh, maybe one day we'd be working on, you know, hand accuracy with, you know, just a little ball toss. Um using a weighted shaft um, with no head on it and just using kind of the butt end to hit tennis balls. Mm -hmm. working our hand placement. Some days we just isolate the feet, um, do a lot of footwork drills, whether it be like the ladder or, you know, um, stick hops or things like that. So it's kind of basically just taking one aspect per day, every day of the week and, uh, and working on it. Um, that was kind of the, what we did there. And now I'm trying to do that kind of on my own. Um, working with the goalies here, trying to, trying to, get into their routine, have them get into mine sort of thing. Nice. And is the warm up? is that just shots to different areas or is there something else going on there? Yeah. So what I usually do is um, I would just take, you know, your normal spots, warm up a uh, few, few shots, every, every place. Um, then you get some, some sweeps on the mix it up. Then uh, some shots coming from behind and tight, just you're holding your pipe. You're getting used to the inside shots, just throwing your hands. And then uh, Coach Tillman would usually do that portion. And then I'd bring in um, like a, a harder shooter, like Connor Kelly did it for me the last two years. And he would just come in and just do a mix it up from, you know, about 12 to 15 yards with some hard shots. Um, you know, a guy like that's not going to hit you. He's a pretty accurate guy, but he's going to give you some good speed. But he's not going to crush you. So, uh, and then that kind of just sets you up for the rest of the rest of the practice, rest of your day. Awesome. What about, um, I guess, as you were coming up through the ranks at Maryland, you know, you were a backup. So how did you go about handling that situation, you know, continuing to improve, um, you know, while not necessarily getting the starts or, or getting the, the reps with the ones? Yeah, um, you know, going into, going into my, uh, my sophomore year, my, my redshirt freshman year, really, um, I had a goalie battle with, uh, with Kyle Burnmore, um, you know, great guy, great player. Um, and, you know, he came in in better shape than I did, which, which played a pretty pivotal role. Um, and, you know, he just had a, a, a much higher sense of urgency. And uh, I ended up losing that battle. And for a while there, I wasn't really doing doing well. I was, I was a little little bitter about it. But, um, you know, thankfully, um, Kyle's such a great guy. And, you know, we have great coaches here. And they're, they're so encouraging and so great with everything that um, I kind of flipped a switch. And, and I just kind of thought, I can't be bitter about not starting. And especially since I might be in this position for, you know, two years. So I was like, I just told myself, I'm going to work as hard as I can to push Kyle, because if I push Kyle, I'm getting better. He's getting better. And then overall our team will get better because if the starters playing well, we're doing well. And, you know, as a backup, your best chance to get a ring is usually if the starters crushing it. So, um, you know, it, it was a good thing. And, you know, thankfully Kyle was, you know, an amazing guy. He's a really good friend of mine. And, 
um, that relationship was always great because it was competitive, but it wasn't, you know, adversarial. Um, you know, we were friends off the field and we could push each other during practice and, and kind of help each other out. But, um, you know, being that back of, and then it was tough, but, you know, you had to just get better every day. And then uh, when your time came to get some, some time in the games, just kind of try and take advantage of it, which thankfully, uh, you know, our team was, was good enough where I could get some minutes every once in a while and uh, got to play a little bit. And then when my time came, you know, it just it felt great to, to get the start um, in 2017. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, and great advice there. What about, was there a time when you went through um, a slump in your career and, and how did you get out of that? Yeah, um, there was two games in 17 um, where we were playing Penn State and I went 0 for 6 in the first half. I didn't make a save in the first half. And then, uh, you know, I, I kind of got out of it. I kind of hit the restart button um, at halftime and uh, I ended up making a few saves. I was still pretty – it wasn't a great percentage on the day, but I made some saves in the second half. And then the very next game, um, I think I went 0 for 4 in the first quarter. And I was like, ah, like this is happening again. Like this is brutal. But, you know, you just kind of, at, at those moments, I like to just kind of talk to myself or I like to hit a reset button. Sometimes I do it in a physical way. Um, so one of the things I do, which is kind of a weird superstition, is um, at halftime, if I'm doing well, I keep the helmet on as if to like tell myself I'm still locked in. But if I'm not doing great, I take the helmet off. It's like a sign of like a reset button. So when I put it back on, then it's like a whole new game. So halftime at Penn State, I took the helmet off. You know, my teammates were really behind me, and they were encouraging me, and they helped me out a lot in that one. And then in that Rutgers game, um, you know, I kind of did the same thing. After the quarter, I took my helmet off, put it back on, kind of reset mentally. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the other goals, my team, Danny Dolan, was actually really pivotal in that too because, you know, any time out, he was always in my ear um, telling me, you know, what's the most important save? And the answer is the next one. And he would always tell me one of the things he did was uh, he would tell you to force a smile. Even if you weren't happy, if you grinned as wide as you could, it would actually make you happy. Um, so, so Danny Dolan played a big part of that too. So it's, it's a lot of talking to yourself, but also just having your teammates around you, helping you out. Yeah. I love that answer. Um, I love that keeping the helmet on too and getting locked in. It's like one of those things that, I mean, goalies are a superstitious breed, but it is one of those things like if you can stay in that right mental space and not take a 30 minute break, uh, do it, you know, and if you need that break, take the helmet off, you know, kind of reset and then get back out there. And it's, it's a whole new ball game. And like you said, it doesn't matter what happened the last six, eight, 10 shots, you know, the next save is the most important. And I mean, you can win a game just by mate for your team or put your team in a good spot just by making that next save, even though whatever you've given up, the last four, the last five or six. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not playing well, all you need to do is make enough saves to get the win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, what about, we talked a little bit about the mental piece, but, um, you know, as a goalie, staying mentally tough and, and being, you know, feeling confident or, or, such important elements of our position, but what are some things that you do to stay mentally tough? Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of the stuff is just, like I said earlier, just your preparation. I think the more reps you take, you know, the better prepared you are, um, you're prepared for every situation, you know, 
Um, I think practice has a big part of that. You know, in some weeks um, when I was here at Maryland, we uh, like if we were playing Hopkins, we would um, every time the scout team would score on us, we'd, we'd play the band song just to, to test us mentally that day. And then, you know, once you test yourself mentally that like that, after every goal in practice, you know, you get scored on, you know, full week of practice, scout reps, you know, you're going to get scored on probably 60 to 100 times in, in the week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you hear that song 60 times to 100 times on game day, when you hear it, you know, six to 10 times, it's not as bad. So I think testing yourself mentally um, is, is one way to, to, you know, stay mentally tough. But, um, you know, I think just kind of getting into a flow and blocking everything out um, really helps. And then, like I said earlier, really, your teammates will play a huge part. If you tune out everyone else and just listen to your teammates and your coaches, um, that keeps you locked in mentally. Um, and, you know, if you a lot of things I like to do is um, just visualize um, before games and, uh, and sometimes before practice just to lock myself in. And then once you keep locking that in and blocking out the other noise, nothing else matters. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, what does getting in a flow mean for you? Like, if there's a young goalie listening out there who's like, "Man, I sounds like sounds like I should be getting in a flow." Like, how do I do that? So, what does it mean to you? And then, how do you recommend young goalies get into the flow? Yeah, so I think just um, getting in a flow is like when when everything is just going well for you. So, whether that be that first save, locking into a flow. Um, you know, where you take that and you're like, you just keep building on those things. So you make a save, you build on that flow by having a really good clear and then, you know, talking to your defense, telling them what a great job they did. And then it just kind of builds on each other and builds on each other where eventually you just feel like you're just in a rhythm and the whole game. And then no matter what happens, you get scored on whatever, I'm still in this flow or the next goal, the next save is going to be mine. Um, and you can practice that in practice too. And, you know, it starts with your warm up. If you have a really great warm up. You can build on that by, by having a really good second drill and you just keep building on that where you just feel like you're in a rhythm. I think a lot of that just comes in with reps in practice and just going 100% in practice so that practices feel like games and games feel like practice. And it's just, it's all one thing. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, I've certainly been in the, you know, I, I've been in a flow at various points of my career and it's like, you know, you're not... <clears throat> you're feeling very confident. So it's, so it's like this, this feeling, but then you're also not like thinking about much. If that makes sense. You know, a lot of times goalies get really in their head, like, Oh, where's he going to shoot? Where, where do my feet need to be? Here comes a shot. What do I need to do? And they're just thinking about way too many things to, to, to be able to react to, you know, a 90, 95, whatever, 95 mile an hour shot coming your way. Right. So I think to me, part of, part of being in a flow is like, feeling confident but then also not thinking too much yeah if you're thinking too much it's, it's definitely gonna hurt you and if you if you feel yourself thinking too much you just gotta boil down goalie to the most basic aspects you know be balanced keep your hands up see the ball save the ball yeah awesome were you a big um pre-game ritual kind of guy i had a couple um you know not i wasn't you know super super into pregame ritual they just I like to just do my own thing um I don't like talk a ton um in pregames but you know, I have my certain things I had to do um you know visualizing while I stretched um you know I, I would I would say a little prayer once I got all my stuff on when I was sitting in the room um I would throw with the same guys in the same spots 
Um, so little superstitious things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you, when you start going on the road, sometimes you have to adjust that stuff because, you know, different facilities or different timing kind of changes things up. So I wasn't like super, super strict with them. I could adjust them if I needed to. Um, but I definitely have my little quirks I needed to do before games. That's good. You're being flexible. Cause I, I was talking to, um, Phipps and he said he had to get a blue Gatorade every single, every single time, you know? So he'd like before the game be hunting down that blue Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, and then you recently played in the world championships for the, for team Philippines. I, I see, we got the video going here. I see the Philippine flag in the back. Um, <laughs> What what was that what was that experience like for you? Oh, it was awesome. Um, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of international traveling, so so you know, just getting to go over to Israel to a different part of the world, um, you know, meet different people and and you know, see different things was was amazing. And um, you know, both my grandparents were born and raised in the Philippines. Uh, my mom's hundred percent Filipino. Her and her siblings were uh, first generation U.S. So getting to represent you know my heritage was was unbelievable. Um, and, you know, just getting to play and, and represent where my family comes from was was amazing. And then, um, you know, meeting other guys from different countries. I mean, we played like seven or eight games. You know, it, it was it was a lacrosse-filled week, um, but it was great. And even the guys on my team were, were amazing. It was cool to, to stay there for, you know, two weeks and, and hang out with our guys and then meet other people. Um, but all around, just a great experience. And then – it was awesome because we had some other some other Terps out there too. A lot of the guys of the U.S. and then um, another another Terp was playing for Puerto Rico, so uh, so I got to see some some of my buddies out there as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, sounds like a great experience. I, I'm assuming you know the players that you played with were probably a little I don't know less experienced than than what you're used to playing with. How, how um, or no? No, I mean we had. Um, because the, the rules that you just have to have a passport. A lot of our guys were um, were born in the Philippines but raised in the states. So they, uh, the majority of our guys had had college experience. Like um, my whole defense, I had uh, Alex Hurdle played at uh, Notre Dame. He's he's from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Tornabene uh, played at UMBC. He's another Maryland guy. Um, Max Rosner, um, you know, played at Bowdoin. Played D three up there. Um, yeah, we had we had a lot of guys who who have college experience in the U.S. So um, the level of lacrosse was 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 higher than I thought it would be uh, going in, but um, but it was definitely competitive. Yeah, I got you. I was going to ask how a goalie can you know come in with kind of a, a lower level of play and and kind of help coach, but maybe that maybe it's a different question. So how does a goalie come into a brand new team, maybe guys that you're not necessarily familiar with, and and be that leader? Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime there's a new team, um, especially as a goalie, you have to establish some sort of rapport. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, practice is the best way to do that. Luckily, we had we had uh, about four scrimmages before our first real game. Um, so we got to kind of get to know each other, um, play with each other, know each other's tendencies, things like that. Um, but, you know, going to a new team to, to kind of establish a leadership role, um, you know, a lot of the guys kind of knew a little bit kind of assumed I had a little bit of knowledge just because I played at Maryland, um, you know, won a national championship here um, and then got drafted. Um, so they kind of had a little bit of knowledge, but then I think getting to showcase your knowledge and really communicating with your defense fully and efficiently um, during those practices is, is one really good way to establish 
um, kind of your knowledge base, what you know, and kind of insert yourself into a, a vocal kind of leadership role. Nice. So if I'm breaking it down, one, like establish rapport. So that's, you know, just be like, have a relationship with these guys, joke around, um, be friends. And then two, sort of know your stuff, right? So as a goalie, you're communicating and, and you're helping and, and you're giving those right commands and setting up the slides and all that is kind of the, the summary I took out of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could be the establishing report could start as simple as, you know, the first couple of drills at your first practice with a new team. Before that rep starts, let's say on one-on-ones, ask the defender what his name is. That way you can communicate with his name and tell him where to go. Because if you're just yelling, you know, number 146, you know, drive, 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 he's not going to really hear it. But if you say, if I was to say, hey, Damon, top left, get him down the side, then you're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's talking to me. And that's one really easy way to, to establish a kind of easy relationship like that. Yeah, totally right. Using names is so important. And I, I remember playing pickup in the summer and like the first thing I would do is get the close defenders names and just, you know, commit those to memory. Um, it's just three names <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, uh, you know, and then, and then when you're talking to those guys, use their name. So that's an awesome point. And then um, the other thing I think you can do for, com- uh, you know, camaraderie or rapport is, is be that guy that, um, you know, someone makes a sweet takeaway check or a nice play on a drill, like be that, be that guy that's giving them the props. I think that really helps. Yeah. I mean, as a goal, you got to be a hype man, especially for your defensive guys. Yeah. Um, totally true. Cool. Um, let me see here. So, uh, do you coach goalies as well? I do a little bit. Um, in the summers I would go home, um, and coach for Iron Horse, which is, uh, my, my high school coaches club team. Um, I pretty much exclusively work with the goalies. And then, uh, Right now, since I'm up here with loads of free time on my hands, I've been uh, trying to help out coaching the, like helping out with uh, individuals and stuff with the goalies here. Cool. How, um, how's that been? Because, you know, it's one thing to be a great goalie, but it's, it's another thing to be a good goalie coach. So I'm curious how, how that transition has been for you. Yeah. I mean, um, with goal, it's so hard. It's not like everyone, it's not like there's a really true way to play, you know, there's different styles, different ways to do things. Um, so, you know, with the younger guys, I like to teach, you know, the kind of non-negotiable stuff about goalie. You know, you have to step to the ball. You have to drive your hands. Um, you have to watch the ball. You got to watch it all the way in. Um, those kind of things that every goalie has to have is what you focus on with, with kind of the younger guys. But, you know, once you get to the college level, it's hard to – it's hard to, you know, talk about, you know, I I need you to play like this. I need you to play like that because, you know, some guys have different styles and, you know, just on, on this team alone, we have, you know, four goalies and none of them really play exactly the same. So you kind of have to harp on the non-negotiables again and kind of fine tune those things. And then you kind of got to look at their different styles and see what you can adjust without totally changing how they play. Because, you know, once you're at the college level, you've been playing for so many years a certain way that's comfortable. And if you get too uncomfortable, then you're not going to be able to play a ball. So um, it's definitely a little bit challenging at the college level because you got to focus on different things and, um, you know, account for different styles. But, um, you know, it's fun coaching goalies because then you can give them some advice on, you know, your experiences, what you're seeing. 
and give them a perspective of a guy who's been in their spot, but then give them an outside perspective of what you're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. Sometimes that outside perspective, like even though that goalie might even know a lot more about the position than you having that outside perspective is pretty key. Um, you know what I mean? Just because the goalie might not see or, or feel what a mistake that he's making, but it's just yeah. so clear when you're looking at it as, uh, from the outside. Yeah. And shooters are, you know, going more on that perspective. If you talk to shooters, you know, during practice, they're another great perspective because, you know, it, it initially, it, it essentially boils down to you versus a shooter. So, you know, you might know what you're doing, but they might see something completely different. You need to know what they're looking at. So, you know, a lot of times, if you know, in practice, I try and pick the brains of different shooters. Um, my old roommate, Tim Rotans, I used to talk to him all the time about what he's looking for when he's shooting on goalies, you know, what certain guys are doing, um, what I can do to combat that. You know, when Connor Kelly would shoot on me, I'd talk to him if he was seeing anything, if I was giving him too much on one side or the other. Um, and then in MLL, I, I you know, try and talk to Rob Pinnell or uh, Paul Rabel gave me some good advice um, kind of midseason. Um, but shooters are another great outside perspective to get. That's a great point. That's a great point. What what kind of things would they be telling you? Like I'm seeing you're just giving up too much of one side of the goal or or like when I'm about ready to shoot, I see you dropping your hands or is it something else? Yeah, it's like um, like uh, with, with Connor Kelly and Tim Rotans, they, they're big head fake guys. Mm -hmm. So you know, they're saying, you know, I ask them, you know, what are you looking at when you're trying to head fake? They say, well, if I look down here and keep my hands high, you're going to dip, so I'm going to shoot it high. Or if they're coming around, they tell me, hey, you came off a little bit there. You, like, you came off a little bit early. I saw a little bit near side, so I, I snuck it there. I'm like, okay. And then guys like Rob Pinnell, who are kind of attackmen feeding from X, you know, I'd ask him, because there's the first couple of practices I remember talking to him because I kept getting to, to the right pipe, kind of playing like a hockey goalie, looking over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right when I would do that, he would throw it over my left shoulder to the back pipe. So I was asking, like, are you looking to do that on purpose? Because then I either have to lose sight of the ball or I have to take forever to open up and play that properly to get there. He was like, he's like, I'm not really specifically looking for it, but that's a good point where it's either you lose the ball and you have to just go down the line or you have to open up. And it's kind of tough to play that. So it's, it's good to pick those guys' brains. Um, about what they're seeing and what I can do better to to take away what they're looking for. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, in the MLL, the dive is legal, and they just brought it into you know into into the college rules this year. It'll be interesting to see how that changes the goalie position at, at the college level, I guess, because that's a pretty hard play to defend. Yeah, the, the dive is really tough. It, it can potentially be really dangerous for for guys like us <laughs> yeah that's the other thing i wrote a whole blog post like i'm obviously i think any goalie who's not like the size of scott rogers is probably anti-dive because you know you just you're just in such a, a vulnerable vulnerable position because you're trying to track the ball and not necessarily like looking at the player and then he jumps and then you know a defender can easily just give him a shove and he's coming right into your knees uh but i'm just curious if you had any like tips or thoughts on, on how you go about positioning yourself to, to best defend that, that play. I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, I didn't really experience too, too many dives in the MLL. Um, yeah. You know, 
not very many guys do it, you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been talking to, to coach showing the other goalies about how they're, how they're trying to play it because, you know, you basically have two options. You can continue to try and save the ball or you can try and stop the guy from, from coming in and trying to go hit him. Yeah. Um, you know, me personally, I think the way that I would play it would be, I mean, if they're, if they're coming from, from behind and kind of trying to dive across, I would try and just get kind of step being a flat arc and just kind of step real flat and try and match stick. Because I mean, yep. once they go air, there's not a whole lot they can do with their stick. So right. I think if you just match stick at that point, try and step flat, then, and that'd probably be the best way to play it. But, you know, if you want to go out and hit him, you can go out and hit him. Just make sure he doesn't get top <laughs> There you go. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this interview, Dan. If um, if there's a young goalie out there listening to this, I guess what's one lasting or one last piece of advice that you would leave them with? Um, I would just say rep as much as you can. You know, hit the wall as much as you can. You know, there's there's tons of goalie drills you can do on your own. Um, you know, you can play wall ball. You can hit the wall and get in your stance and make the save. Um, you know, you can do footwork drills. You can juggle. Juggling is a great way, especially if you're just bored, you know, work on your hand-eye. But, you know, I think just get as many reps as you can, and the more reps you take, the better you're going to be. Awesome. What um, What's your stick setup these days, The your weapon of choice? The, uh, in college, I used the, uh, the Under Armour headline, I believe it's called, and mm-hmm. then um, just this, the Under Armour side tie because we were in Under Armour school, and that's that was what I got. But then uh, – MLL underarm is not allowed, and uh, so I've been using a uh, a Warrior Nemesis two on a uh, Brian Clutch. Nice. Um, How do you like the Nemesis two versus the versus the headline? I like the Nemesis two a lot. Um, it, it's real stiff, so it doesn't it doesn't bend too much, especially you know in the MLL since it's a summer summer season. Um, it doesn't flex too much. But I was a big fan of the headline too. Um, yeah, I like I like both and. Uh, I'm not committed to one one brand, so if there's any sponsorships listening out on here, <laughs> there you go. You business. heard it here on the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll take I'll take my commission cut too if that's okay. But anyway, uh, <laughs> cool, Dan. If people want to uh, find out more about you, where is there a place they should go? Um, you know, Instagram is probably my most accessible spot. Um, I'm pretty receptive to, to DMs. If, if any young guys have any questions, they usually get back within a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm always open to, to answer any questions there. Awesome. Dan, thanks so much. Thank you. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Maryland Great and PLL Initiator. I guess I should say equity holder as well. That was Goldie Dan Morris. Dude knows his stuff, and it was a pleasure to talk to him, learn from him, and take notes on things that he incorporates into his goalie game and put them into my own coaching and into your ears, into your goalie game. Get out there. Get some work in. If you're looking for a camp, check out laxgoaliewrat.com goal, and we'll be back next week. Take care. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.